Welcome to the 5th United We Stand podcast of the season. My name's Andy Mitten and I'm sat on the banks of the Bridgewater Canal in Old Trafford, Manchester. It is a glorious sunny night. There's a barge called Bohemia, which has got a Union Jack flag coming out of the roof. And we're by the side of the Old Trafford Supporters Club. It really is a wonderful Mancunian summer night. And this is the first podcast which we're doing in England because... If you've been listening to the one so far, and if you haven't, we advise that you do, they've all been done in America. We did record a few others in America. There's a really good one with Lou Macari, which we'll put out in the next couple of weeks. And all the ones we've done so far have been with one other person, but there's five of us now. And the idea for this season is that before and after games, we're going to have more than two people. We're going to have three, we're going to have four, we're going to have regular people, we're going to have guests who we like or who you like or who you tell us you like, I'm going to keep bringing them on. I'll introduce you to the to the people here. Steve Armstrong is a long-time contributor to United We Stand and a very fine seller of United We Stand. Finest and seller. The finest seller. I mean, if I had to go to court and prove that, it is actually true. He is the best seller of United We Stand. And um, the other, lad, other lads who sell it. Though, it's in, it, There's no competition, though, is there? Well... Well, there isn't. Well, there is. There's, there's, there's plenty of lads who are good sellers. You're just the best seller. But I used to be the best one, but now it's you. Uh, Andrew Lindsay, long-time contributor to United We Stand, professional broadcaster. Good evening, Andy. Are you enjoying that pint of cold San Miguel? It's lovely, thank you very much. Yeah. What a tremendous start to the podcast to be asked that. Tom Lee, professional broadcaster. We're out of our depth here. We're surrounded by professional broadcasters. Um, Tom is a home-and-away Manchester United fan. Not as good um, a tipster as he reckons he is. Though. Not as good as a tipster as he reckoned he is. And I'd like to welcome you, Tom. Yeah, well, I'm not the only thing that might be out of my depth because the bohemia looks like it's about to sink. So uh, <laughs> you've got to be concerned about that. If we could just set the scene, the, um, there's this sort of rusting barge parked alongside our current uh, position and uh, I think it might be taking on water quicker than Steve Armstrong's taking on San Miguel. <laughs> now, if you've heard those four accents so far, they're sort of north northwest Manchester accents but we have someone who's not from Manchester we have a Norwegian John Martin Herrickson Herrickson I even asked him before <laughs> such an uncommon name John is also a professional broadcaster but we know John because he's a United fan he's a home and away United fan even though he's, he's from Norway um, I've seen him at European games over the years, he's done his time as a Red, even lived in England working as a journalist. And is it right that you left England because you didn't like the fact that English people have carpets in the bathroom? That's true. Uh, and uh, it's, it's quite, quite clear that he's not, you're not uh, in, uh, in England, Norwegian Viking, Andy, because you're freezing. Uh, but I'm enjoying just having a pint which is not costing 10 quid. Now, just what, what, what was your problem with the carpet in the I'm bathroom? With I'm with you on yeah. that one. I just had my what? clothes. Yeah, but you know, when you're coming out, uh, stink of piss. Or yeah, 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 stink exactly. of piss. If you've been out, if you've been out for it all night and you're drunk and you're coming out and having a piss and you're all over the floor, so you piss on the carpet. Always, always. always. Presumably, but on a line through this, you wouldn't share a house with Alan Shearer. <laughs> oh, never. <laughs> but, but I need a proper flat. Before pro- you're allowed to talk on this podcast. Everyone who's been on it so far has sung their country's national anthem, or at least the first 30 seconds of it. If you're a proud Norwegian, we need you to do exactly the same. I'm not a proud Norwegian, but I can... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ja, vi elsker det. 
dette landet som det stiger frem. That's all right, isn't it? That's fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you very much. So, are you pretty famous in Norway? If you walk down the street, do people come up to you? Uh, just a few football fans. Well, so, if, if you're like walking around Narvik, someone will come up to you or Stavanger or Bergen? Maybe, but it's always men. It's never, it's never women. That's a shame, because there are some nice ladies in, in Norway. In fact, it's a great shame that Manchester United don't play pre-seasons there anymore. And that they're going to China next season, if you didn't know that. Steve, how do you think United are going to do this season? Fourth. Andrew? Third. Tom? Second. Third. I think third as well. How have you, what have you made of the signings so far? We've bought players that... I think you know we've got we've bought a couple of massive names as you know, as in letters. Um, we um, S C H. Yeah, we. Um, you know that the mega store doesn't charge by the letter anymore. Clearly, we did well, check I, that I out. It is United, by the name. I don't think United knew that. They did. Yeah. I checked it honestly. Yeah. No, what I think like, United haven't got. You know, keeper might go. We've got centre half issues. We've sorted centre mid, but we haven't sorted centre forward out. So the whole spine of United just seems like pretty weak and. You know, that might get sorted between now and the end of the and end of the transfer window, but which is one issue. Then even if it does get sorted, then what becomes open for debate and discussion is whether Louis Mangal is capable of gelling them, not just on the pitch but off the pitch in the dressing room as well, because that's the bit I'm not particularly impressed with about United at the minute. You mentioned the keeper situation. Um, the Ajax keeper, Jasper Sillinson, probably pronounced that wrong, like I got John Martin's name wrong as well. Right, it? And you, could, uh, you could take it out and give it to John. I could have <laughs> done. United are definitely interested in, in him if David De Gea goes. Sergio Romero is training. Has uh, he cheered up yet? Needs to train a little bit better than he's currently did training. See, did you see him on his on his on yeah, his picture? When he's, I've never seen someone looking so despondent. With like, it was like when it's like when Yap Stam signed for Lazio, and he was almost like stood there going, "What on earth has happened to him?" Have you here? seen his wife? No, have you? Um, Sergio Romero's wife is very famous in Argentina. Um, she's settled down a bit now. She's a she's a mother with children, but she was a showgirl who took all of her clothes off on national television. Uh, an Argentinian friend of my wife's told me about that. And if you Google, um, and you can use other search engines, but if you prefer Google, Sergio Romero wife, you'll see what we're saying about Andrew Lindsay, your Manchester United this season. I won't be happy until we've signed at least two more auxiliary midfielders, five extra wingers, and a couple of extra reserve goalkeepers. <laughs> Have you been spending a lot of time on Twitter? Uh, well, thankfully, I'm not one of those who lives my life on uh, there. At are least, plenty. But at least not in my own name. But... Um, <laughs> I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? There's bits that need to be addressed. And it reminds me very much of um, when Ferguson went on that spree in the very late 80s when he was trying to get he was trying to get um, Webb and Stephen and he got Webb and Phelan. And then he added... Um, <laughs> the difference is now we don't have a Pallister, which is exactly what the kind of player you would want, or, or at least a, a Bruce, anyway. Someone who can play on the left side of defence who isn't five foot two. And... Um, and someone, if Rooney gets injured, United are in trouble, aren't they? Simple as that, but uh, simple as that, turn into Mike. Someone be already five minutes into a podcast. But uh, I'd love, love to see Wilson given a go, conversely. I don't think he rates Hernandez, that seems to be clear. I think they're waiting to sign someone so they can let him go. And I think he'll be happy with three strikers, one of whom looks like it will be Wilson. That would suit me, but the other one has to be really good, or at least someone who's proven and competent. It's very hard, isn't it? Because who's going to take you up? Rooney's good enough. If he doesn't play, 
you can't just say, all right, Wilson will do it because you're trying to you're trying to win the league and the European Cup. So and the FA Cup would be really nice, wouldn't it? So A Cup would be really <laughs> nice. Um, Pedro is is the player that yeah. United want, and and he also wants to join Manchester United. Barca don't want to let him go until the Super Cups are out of the way. Yeah. His his release clause is only thirty million, um, which is a lot less than what it was. There's, there's pictures of Sergio Romero's <laughs> wife now being. Given that we put United we stand to bed the other day, I've already seen them as encouraged by you, and I'm gathered via your wife, which is excellent. But uh, yeah, okay. So I like I said, great another winger. I mean, United have just let one go in Di Maria, which I have to say I'm gutted about. Why? Because I I just think that he, he genuinely is a rare talent, and I think that it would have been amazing to see him tear people to bits and uh, it seems to be that he's just had a very bad time settling it albeit he is the size of four twigs and a coat hanger so I don't I think that he, he could he's, he is the kind of lad who gets knocked off the ball very I mean to be fair if he played in our five side which isn't even that competitive he'd be bouncing off the rails so I'd, how he survives in a, a top division is, is difficult anyway but nonetheless he's extremely skillful we need pace in the team and he's, uh, I think he's just an excellent, excellent player, and it's a shame. Did you hear that rumour about somebody reckoned he deliberately got his house burgled so he could get transferred? <laughs> <laughs> meet, meet back in United where you stand, said he's the only player we've signed with a head like a plectrum. <laughs> Tom? Right, first up, Angel Di Maria. Um, any player who isn't prepared to chase the game 2-1 up away at Anfield with five minutes to go has got to leave because that's just not acceptable. Um, he's always set that matter goal up. There, ha- however, um, if we're going to attack... Angel Di Maria, the natural thing to do is defend Neil Webb, who always delivered for United and continues to do so for this date to a more nationwide audience. <laughs> uh, in other news, the Bohemia Barge is rumoured to be the temporary permanent or permanent residence of of um, the new keeper's wife, the, the Argentine lad. Just stay here, let's get this podcast finished. I don't want you going in search of Sergio Romero's wife on a barge. The shadow of the Sir Alex Ferguson stand. Uh, in other news, um, you're being a little bit negative. Come on, um, United. All right, they're going to be a shambles at the back because we've we've, uh, we've either a lack of bite and aggression at centre back, or we've got Daley Blint, who might be a cultured player, but he's not exactly going to s- strike fear into the um, into into, into uh, marauding forwards and attacks across Europe. Um, failing that, the midfield looks good. Strengthen the uh, at least the that part of the core of the team. Uh, Defence. Evidently a problem in attack. Well, let's hope Rooney stays fit. Let's give Wilson a chance because, you know, at least it, inviting a bit of appetite and pace into the attack, which potentially hasn't been there. And, of course, the one name that hasn't been mentioned and has been a massive success pre-season, from what I can see, I haven't been in the States, but you have, Memphis Depay, who surely, if United are in the, in, in the market ever for a player, it ought to be a, a, a flair pacey, hungry, aggressive, dynamic and potentially game-changing player of that nature who has a few tricks up his sleeve and maybe we haven't had since 2009 when a certain Portuguese player left so let's hope a Dutchman can step into his shoes. Anderson was hungry. (laughs) (laughs) He was. You mentioned Defence United still want Sergio Ramos. I sense that he's going to sign for Real Madrid. Um, He definitely um, told United that he wanted to come. There's a bit more about that in, in the new United we stand. Depay, spoke to lots of people about him over the summer. Pierre van Hooydonk, who's very outspoken and usually quite critical when it comes to matters concerning Louis van Gaal, said he's by a distance the, the best young player in Holland. He just said he might need a little bit of time to settle in, in the Premier League. But I, I saw bits of him in, on the tour. He's, he's a confident young man. 
sort of went out saying I don't want to be called Depay. My name's Memphis. He was very clear about that. Um, John, yep. United this season. Uh, I think if you remember the first season after after Fergie, we were a bit worried. Last season we were a bit optimistic, but we got that first game against Swansea and that all faded. Uh, uh, right now, I don't know what they think. Uh, I think the teams looks all right. We need to have centre half. Not too worried about the striker actually, because as you said about the pie, uh, if you have got Rooney playing four three three, I think I think that's going to sort sort itself out actually since the midfield. Which has been poor since, since, since Fergie and after Keane. Uh, so um, I think you're going to end third. We won't win the league. I don't think we'll win the league with Fahal. But. Uh, <laughs> some time before we die, maybe. But uh, not with Fangal. But I think he's the right man. Uh, I don't know. Just got that feeling. Uh, but I think he's the right man at the moment because we needed a man uh, who can break down walls, who could uh, go in there and be more continental because United's been too British from my point of view which is British everywhere from United players just to bring some new views into the football club and but John is it not also true to say that the penultimate occasion United won the European Cup they won it as a result of being very British and if you listen to what Stuart Matheson said when he was with Andy in the States you know he actually made a very very clear and acute point that United perhaps moved away from that more traditional style tried to bring this European nature into the game and that actually detracted from them but uh, would we have won the uh, European Cup in 2008 without Carlos Cueros? I mean, what he brought into the club, what he... Uh, I think we played wise for away in Europe. Uh, the, away, the away in Europe at that time yeah. was phenomenal. United developed such an amazing uh, way of winning games in Europe. They weren't the most entertaining during that time. One, one and, nil. Yeah, exactly. It was always 1-0. But it's a game like you didn't go Roma, Milan, Schalke and worry about United anymore. You think they just bossed it. Like that. that Schalke game, semi-final of the yeah, European yeah. Cup, United absolutely yeah. battered him, and they had Neuer in net, and he had he had a fantastic game. United just destroyed him. Still them. the worst place I've ever watched the European away game. Well, you Gelsenkirchen, were you? No, well, it was the second best curry. Well, that's because I'm one of two people here that aren't. <laughs> don't do that. You know? a, well, I can tell you, it was the second best curry <laughs> But Gelsenkirchen is doesn't tend to be listed alongside New York and Paris and London as the great places in the world. No, or Skelmersdale for that. No. No, I mean, even people in Dortmund looked down yeah. at it. Yeah, it was. No, it was. Um, but I think I think your point though about you know United had got to a level there where you know you know we were seen as just one of those teams that even just by default got to the quarters and then after that it was a free for all. But you know we've sort of lost that um, that little bit. I'm not that big a subscriber to the European thing. Um, I think that the reality is is the most underrated players in that year that United won the European Cup but in Moscow were Wes Brown who had an immense season Owen Hargreaves who was exceptional even though we now all hate him um, <laughs> why? Um, well he, he whinged like like a girl about being a bit a bit sore and all that kind of stuff and then did the ultimate wrong by going you know where that's that's it in a nutshell really um, you know um, what's wrong with him? yeah no I can't be doing with him but maybe, um, maybe. yeah just went to a gym by himself, didn't he? Made that really weird workout yeah, video. Yeah, yeah. I am fit. No, honestly, yeah, I am. Serious now. <laughs> I can do hoops. Look at look at this leg work. Look at this leg work around the trapeze and hula hoops and end. I'm fit. Sign me, please. Yeah. Now, United will not be going to Gelsenkirchen, at least not in the qualifying round for the Champions League, which the draw is being made on Friday, tomorrow, if you're listening to this. Thursday night, which many of you will be doing. United can get five teams. Tell us the five teams, Andrew. No, they can't. They can only get one, Andy. One of five teams. <laughs> I don't know. Is it Monaco? One. Well, that's the only one I'm interested in. 
uh, CSK, Lazio, Rapid Vienna, and Club Brugge. Yeah. Which one would you prefer Manchester United to be drawn? I against? don't. I think it's written in the. It's, we're going to get, and I'll tell you why we're going to get Moscow. Tony O'Neill said to me at Hall, he pulled me to one side in his own inimitable style and said, Come here, you. And then we were chatting away, and he said, Right, I want to take, I want to get the trips, but blah, blah, blah. He said, I just, you know, because um, of the short turnaround, I, I might need a deposit, which is all fine. So, and he said, But if it's Moscow, obviously we'll return it. So straight away, if it's Moscow, was planted. And then yesterday when they were two they were two down and pretty much on the verge of going out and then turned it round and won by three. You know, you just knew that it's written in the stars we're gonna get Moscow, so that'll be a nightmare that. But I think Monaco would be great because we can go to we can go to Nice. Um I wouldn't want to go to Rome because that just wouldn't be enjoyable and we want a good trip, first first one back after here. So I think Bruges will be full of lunatics because it's such easy to get to, so Vienna for me. You mentioned Tony O'Neill. The podcast which Tony was on is the has been the most popular one in the history of United We Stand's podcast. He's obviously a renowned author from Wivenshaw, and people like to hear his literary views. We will get Anthony back on a United We Stand podcast in the near future. Andrew, which club would you like Manchester United to be drawn against? Well, not Monaco, but that would be better Why than not Moscow, Monaco? you're right. Just because, in it? Because the it's boring. No, I don't think so. But we can go to Nice. I know, but I've been to Nice. It's, it's John's nice. on a, a lot of times. Every time United play Milan, I go to Nice anyway because it's a. Oh, I don't really want to broadcast that. It's not to spoil my trick. But I mean, it is a it is a great train journey from Nice to Milan. It's about fifteen euro. <laughs> it's about five hours on the Riviera, and it's easier to fly to Nice and cheaper to fly to Nice. And also, you've been to Milan once. You've been to Milan enough times. So, I, I wouldn't really fancy going there again. Um, so is there anywhere you'd like to go? Well, yeah, I've been Bruges Bru- really. Well, I probably will anyway. I'll be working. I'm not doing my house up again. But um, Bruges, Bruges is a really nice place. You wouldn't. Um, you run out of things to do fairly quickly. Uh, I think Vienna because I've never been. Yeah, I think. I think, uh, and also this, that's a German speaking. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, like yeah. That would be well, good. The Germans, well, they annexed it, didn't they? But anyway, Tom, I think what you've got to stop and consider, really, when when you take a serious view about this, is where are you most likely to see Sergio Romero's wife in a bikini? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not it's not in landlocked Rome. It's definitely not in Bruges because that's like an old people's home. In Moscow, well, you, you can't be going there, can you? Just describe what you can see now by the side of the barge. Are you well, single? I can see the I can see the Bohemia. Um, Some lads getting on in there. If my, cheap, if my girlfriend's listening, no, no, I'm definitely not. Um, on the Bohemia, there is a bevy of absolute beauties who've just emerged from the Old Trafford Supporters Club um, and are clearly going to a party with Sergio Romero and his family on the Bohemia. But no, um, joking aside, I think Monaco's got to be the one for me. We've not been there for 17 years. It was a belting trip last time. Um, the result didn't quite go as we'd anticipated, but apart from that, it was brilliant. And um, you could just imagine a couple of thousand Reds having a very, very merry time of it in Nice, which is a brilliant town. So uh, all things considered, um, only one of the five will get my vote. That's, that's Monaco. You mentioned that trip to, to Monaco. United played Lazio there as well, didn't they, in, yeah, in, in 99. It still irritates me that United didn't turn up that day and got beaten. The European Super Cup's worth winning. Yeah. John Curtis yeah. tried his best, though, didn't he? <laughs> 
Well, John, you got the right reply. <laughs> the thing is, though, the, the Super Cup, we, we, it was exactly the same playing Zenit in 09. Yeah, yeah. You know, we did turn up yeah. for that. Remember Skulls? Remember Skulls? One shit in the net. Yeah, yeah. So I've had enough of this. So the second you know. time in his I mean, really if any Red Star Belgrade fans are listening to this, they could flip it right on us and yeah. say, we absolutely <coughs> battered Manchester United <coughs> at Old Trafford yeah. with Savicevic yeah. and, and somehow won the game yeah. and Panchev I think as United. well Panchev and Savicevic on a Tuesday night in a non-advertised game 22,000 or something that's a disgraceful attendance I'll tell you what I think I, I do remember at the time I remember the mood at the time being this isn't a proper competition because it's not like two legs and we're not going to play in a way they kicked it away because it was a battered United off the bat Savicevic yeah, there was, was just stuff a, going there was, on there was around. a war going on yeah. <laughs> I'm not blaming them I'm, I'm saying the, the Croats are you blaming yeah, yeah, yeah. for the breakup don't of the former Yugoslavia that. that's another podcast uh, yeah it is and it's one with which I wouldn't be involved but it is a I remember because that, you were born in Bosnia I've tried to keep that quiet as well my Croatian family know nothing oh no they get on don't they the Croats and the Bosnians anyway uh, the, the, I remember the United just got completely outplayed. Like they were an exceptional team. <coughs> I think it was one nil, and it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been that over two legs. Definitely, they, they would have got Kate at least by a two or three over there, and he'd obviously they just couldn't play it. And I do think I remember the mood being a bit like, yeah, but it's not proper because we won't have earned it anyway. I remember that. Remember the state United's pitch at the time, though. <laughs> it was like you know when you used to show the Crimson Factor Assault Course when it had pissed down, and then like people were falling over the line because they were like knackered because they were traipsing through. That's exactly what it was like. So I reckon we just ground them into submission for that. Uh, John, the American national. Well, you tell us what's happening on the barge. It, it seems quite nice. Uh, I don't think it's anything a lads in here, but. Um, Pretty ladies everywhere. We can't see them now. I don't know what they're doing in there. Don't want to know, probably. We're going to go and find out <laughs> soon after this. Um, I'm not going to distract you because you're clearly distracted looking at a load of gorgeous girls. Just answer this very simple question. Which team would you like to see Manchester United drawn against? Vienna. Uh, never been there. Uh, had a connection flight there hundreds of times. Never actually been to the city. Uh, and it's a team that we can beat. Uh, because... How are relations between Norway, Norway and Vienna? And Austrians, there's no needle there. No, no, it's fine. No so historical, like, so many, how many, how many points would you give them in Eurovision? Oh, we always give 12 to Sweden. Yeah, we know. So, aren't you supposed to be rivals with Sweden? Uh, just when it comes to skiing. If you're Norwegian, who do you dislike most out of your Scandinavian mates? Or you're just, or you're just mates with each other? <laughs> well, uh, no, we, we're friends. Yeah. We, we, you know, no, we see people just nice. We don't hate anyone. We got plenty of money. We got the oil, uh, expensive base, but we're happy because we won the lottery with that oil. Manchester United and Liverpool are the two most popular teams in Norway. Yeah. What arrive? What what's the rivalry like between United and, and Liverpool fans in Norway on a Saturday night in 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 Bergen or in Trondheim? when the pubs might be full of, of fans watching either team? Uh, it's very intense, very, very intense. Uh, if, you, if you're working in television like I do, then uh, if you talk about something, uh, you get death threats all the time. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's madness. We're friends with everybody. We love everybody. You get death threats. Yeah, I talked about skiing. <laughs> now it's football. It's different. It's very intense. You look, look at Arsenal. Uh, they don't have any fans in always. It's just Liverpool, Manchester United, and Leeds. I think if my mate Vidar's listening to this, he'd concur because I was there in Stavanger when he, he did tell some scousers if he didn't shut up, we'd, like he would kill them. Why Leeds? 
uh, it goes yeah, back yeah, in the yeah. 70s and yeah, yeah. Because the biggest Leeds supports branches are Scandinavian, isn't it? But if you look at the numbers, United and Liverpool have got 35 to 45,000 paid up members. That's not yeah. likes on Facebook, that's paid members. Yeah. The next is like Arsenal, Chelsea. 11, 10,000, yeah, Manchester City, five, 6,000, yeah. United and Liverpool by a long, long way. But never mind that. What are those little teabag things that Norwegians put underneath the lips? <laughs> it's called snooze. What does it do? Uh, it's like a, it's a, it's, it's, yeah, it's like a cigarette uh, when you put it on your lip. When I lived in Manchester, I used to sell it because people think I sold drugs. Uh, so I made a few made a few quid out of it. Skull bandits from the, the 80s or the 90s. Is that what they were? Do you remember you used to put them up and then people were getting yeah. mouth cancer and everything? Yeah, you still can get mouth cancer. They're all right. And so they're all there, so you start leaving them on the pub table like a proper sweater. What what did you make of Manchester when you lived there? It's quite interested to know what a Norwegian made of the city. And be honest, you know, it's a beautiful night tonight. The sun is shining, coming in off, off the keys. It isn't like this every day. No, I actually love Manchester, uh, but I just want to do... I lived there for two years, one year in London, moved back home because of work and the carpets on the, on the toilet. Uh, but um, I still come back. I'm here twice a month or something. And uh, uh, actually, I think I know Manchester better than Oslo. Uh, so in many ways, I feel it's not my city. I'm not from here. I'm not going to brag about that. But uh, it's a place I love to be. Uh, and I think it's compared to London, uh, I like the pubs, I like the streets, I think it's very compact, uh, uh, I like the canals. So uh, I think I think it's a great city. Have you heard of the pusher? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's been um, a lot of mysterious goings on by the side of Manchester's canals in the last couple of years. We're, we're outside Old Trafford, the east stand with the forecourt, some people are now taking these Norwegian things <laughs> and the, the brand name is called Gothenburg's Rake and putting them underneath uh, their lips. Old Trafford looks resplendent in the early evening sun. Tottenham and the visitors on Saturday. That was one of the few really good performances last season. Probably half a dozen cracking game, absolutely battered Tottenham. Tottenham they were a Champions back, League. Back in England. They, well, the, they probably won't make the match. They were delayed in, in Germany. Yeah. I, I think I think they came in, they came in on Thursday, so uh, we don't know if they're going to be. I, here. I don't care as long as they're here and, and Manchester. As long as we turn up, it doesn't matter. But a year ago against Swansea, after that really good pre-season, United were dreadful. How are you feeling about Tottenham at home this time? And how important is it that the team start well? Because last year after. Five games, 13 points? Yeah, I was listening to I was listening to something on Five Live about Spurs and apparently Pochettino spent almost all of his pre-season in London drilling them, just drilling them into how he wants them. And he's not tinkered with the squad, but they've offloaded more than they brought in and I think he's a very, very good organiser anyway. So I think they could get another awakening really. But that said, they're still not, they're never a great team, are they? They're always... It's like you know, Fergie said in Kings, but lads, it's Spurs. So you you hope that it's going to be like that as a United fan. But I mean, but I do think that there'll be a better side this season. They've got they've got decent players throughout the park, and they've got very mobile centre half. So it's one of them where no, I think that United look to play Fellaini only sort of away from home at places like Stoke. But then you could play against Tottenham and go a different way. You'd expect to have possession, and you could rumble them because they don't. They've got a lot less height than they used to have, but they will be very well organised. I just said. 13 points after five games last season. That's completely wrong. That would have been nowhere near that. That would have been good. I think United. I saw Pochettino. Yeah, I saw Pochettino working close at hand in in 
Barcelona with Espanyol. And, I, and knowing what he's like and the stories about him, I think United's greatest asset on Saturday could actually be Sergio Romero's wife. Yeah. If you can put him in front of the Tottenham dugout, that could be more deadly than, than Rooney on a good day. Steve, United Tottenham. Um, I thought last year the Tottenham game was almost by default because of injuries and various other things. United had to play the United way and we ended up winning 3 0, was it? And then. I was in the studio doing the Anfield Rap podcast and they were like going on about how well United had played at the weekend and I actually said to them, forget about that, United will revert back to type. Um, you know, with like, you know, Daly Blind back in the middle and all that kind of stuff. And we actually turned up at Anfield with the same formation and the same setup and ended up blowing them out of the place as well. So I think that was that was a big statement last year. That was one of the best performances last year. But this year it just depends. It just depends how much this this sort of new batch of um this new batch of players settling. New and, batch uh, of ladies getting on the barge. Yeah, yeah. Well, ladies. Well, one of them is. Um, the, uh, <laughs> one of them is just yeah, supposed yeah, to. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I tell you what, that guy at the front with the beard, he's killed before. Um, no, what was I saying? Yeah, I, 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 the guy who's welcoming him on. He wants his hard drive yeah, checking all day long. He's, he's definitely. He's, he's, Tottenham at home. Yeah, Tottenham at home. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It just depends on who plays and what formation United play. I'm still worried about United at the back. I think we're weak at the back. Um, but I don't think that Tottenham, you know, should... I don't think Tottenham have got enough to... I mean, there's a lot of stuff going around about Harry Kane, obviously. And I've, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, he had, a good last, he had a good year last year. But I've never actually watched a game where I've been overly impressed with him. So I'm, like I'm really... Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, exactly that. I, I, it reminds me of Marcus Stewart. But I... I It'll be interesting to see how he how he pitches up and how he does. And if if United can keep him quiet, I, I can't see how a, a United who've got a point to prove at every level. I can't see United not winning that football match. There's a description about Harry Kane in United West Stand last year. He looks like a stockbroker who didn't quite make it. <laughs> um, Andy, I really like Spurs. I think they're a very good side. They're well organised. Pochettino is obviously a good manager based on what he achieved in Southampton. Um, he's got a good pool of players at his disposal. It's always, historically, it's a good game against Spurs. You think, go back three years when they turned up and, and won at Old Trafford. It was probably the game of the season in defeat. Uh, obviously, they've lost their star man since then, but they're, they're a good unit for all that. Um, we said this 12 months ago, and of course it all blew up in our faces, but... Um, I'll go 2-1 United. I don't think it's going to be overly convincing, but I think United will win and, and get the thing moving in some way, shape or form for all that I suspect it will be uh, imperfect. There seems to be a lot of respect for Tottenham Hotspur here, and I go along with that. And I can remember in the 80s, um, the crowds for Tottenham at Old Trafford was up there with Liverpool. There were massive, massive crowds, far bigger than Chelsea, Arsenal... Everton and City if City were in the top division at the time as quite often uh, they weren't one thing I like about Tottenham is when the fans sing or when the Spurs go marching in they actually sing it properly there is not another club including Manchester United who has fans who are capable of singing it properly they just get lost in speed and it doesn't work Tottenham someone we need someone just to slow it down and sing it properly so, so I, I don't actually like football very much but um if it's on and Tottenham are playing, I'll watch that game of football because that I think Tottenham play football the right way. I think they're a decent club. They're certainly pretty good off the field as well, if you know what I mean on that front. Um, and I just think they, they, you know, they're everything what you want about a, you know a football club on the pitch and off the pitch. So they play the, they play the game the right way, and um, I think they always come to Old Trafford. To your point about why the crowds were always high, 
you know, it was because the game was always going to be a decent one. And I think, you know, I don't think that's ever changed right about going back as far as, you know, the late 70s, early 80s. It goes back to Jimmy Grusel, doesn't it? It goes back to, he's, he was a lovely finisher, wasn't he? He's a lovely finisher and he played good football. I, 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 like, the thing is with Tottenham, I used to think they were proper jumps up Cockneys until started going to White Hart Lane. Best place I've been threatened probably in football. And, um, they always like you said there's three or four teams who want to play football it's like part of the even West Ham doing the best season they've had for ages and ages they still don't like Allardyce because it's not West Ham is it you know <laughs> Doc Cotton wouldn't like that football so it's not good enough for them John Martin any death threats off Tottenham fans uh, no not actually but I think it's a great club uh, I like going to our lane I remember when we uh, uh, 2009 when we Scolsey got sent off Defoe scored after 30 seconds and I remember the atmosphere in there then when he scored after yeah, 30 seconds of what it was it's great I think um, at its best I mean, the atmosphere of White Lane is absolutely brilliant yeah, and I like the club and uh, to face him in the first round could be a nightmare because you never first know. round you don't say that no first match yeah. it's boxing match <laughs> five line um, you never know what you get from Spurs uh, they could they can beat us 3-0 but we can also beat them 7-0 uh, so, um, but I think we're going to win it. Uh, I'm more, I feel more comfortable with United this season compared to the last one and, and the previous one. So, uh, I think we've got a good midfield, finally. So, I think we'll beat them 2 0 or something. Coming to the end of this podcast, we're going to do another podcast straight after the game on Saturday just to get reaction off United fans who've been inside Old Trafford. Before I ask the lads for a score prediction on Saturday, should remind you that there's a new United we stand out. It will be on sale from all of our sellers outside the ground on Saturday. We've put hundreds of hours worth of work into it, so please support our work. There's some really good stuff in there. And there's a very nice interview with Tyler Blackett. He's not really told his story before, and he just talks about growing up in Hume, being a United fan surrounded by by City fans. And that'll be on sale for £2.50 outside the ground. Uh, If you want to subscribe to a postal issue, do that pretty quick because Rob's getting a subscription list together or you can subscribe to a digital edition via our website uwsonline.com predictions for Tottenham on Saturday Steve 3-1 to Tottenham <laughs> United 2-1 United I think Ditto 2-1 I said they're 2-0 but I don't believe myself because we don't have a proper defenders but 3-2 uh, 3-2 United I think Manchester United will win thank you for joining us please join us again on Saturday until next time goodbye